some good friends, friends of mine. Talk to them all the time. Some good friends on my show. Who are they? Soon you'll know. Hello, and welcome to Some Good Friends for Another Week, a podcast that I do on the weekly. Man, what a day it's been. Earlier today, I did a deep dive into the Tony Hawk games, not playing them, just reading about them on Wikipedia, uh, going down Rodney Mullen's Wikipedia hole. Apparently, legendary skateboarder Rodney Mullen is a fellow at MIT now, which is very impressive, and he's done a number of TED Talks. And if, I don't know, 13 to 15 year old me found that out he would accuse rodney mullen of being a huge poser and immediately transition to vert skating instead of trying to do all those cool street style tricks that rodney mullen made famous but that is neither here nor there the time that i did spend skateboarding i tried to ollie in the grass on my lawn and couldn't do it fell down a bunch of times was too afraid to do it on pavement and immediately went back to my scooter and destroyed my ankles all over the place. Little fun facts about me and my life as a young teenage boy. You know what? We're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk to some of my good friends. So let's get let's get one out here. Let's get let's get him out here. He's gonna talk to me, and you're gonna listen, and it's gonna be great. Please welcome to the show my good friend, Mr. Herb Brambles. Hey, Stefan. Hey, Herb. How are you? So good to talk to you. We haven't seen each other for a while. It's It's been a few months at least. A few, a few for no other reason than we're just busy. A few months without seeing each other. Yes. I, I have a very strict calendar. Like a paper calendar on the wall? Yes. Oh, great. So what was penciled in for this week before this? Oh, before, oh this was the highlight of my week. Oh, so everything was in preparation for for this episode of the podcast. Exactly that, yes. <laughs> oh, that's that's great. You know, for the audience, why don't you tell them a little bit about what you do? You're a talented artist. Uh, give them the lowdown. So I, um, I am a portrait artist for plants. Mm. And actually, in my schedule for this week, I had a lot of plant sittings. Right, and that's where you do. You go to people's houses, or do you paint from photos? What's the what's the process? No, I like. I like to do live sittings. I find mm. plants are very agreeable, amenable subjects because they sit so still. Well, yeah, that's that's pretty much all they do, right? Yes. Now, I know that you're you're kind of famous in the local scene for painting painting these portraits and and you kind of see the plants as like a like a member of the family almost. Exactly that, yes. That they are owed a lot of love and care like any other member of a family. Oh, of course. I mean, I've I've had plants, I have plants, and I have had plants. And it is not easy to take care of plants. I yes. will say this. No. Actually, I know that you know this, but a, a little bit of a point of contention in our friendship, Stefan, is that you have not yet hired me to paint a portrait of your plants. Well, here's here's the thing. You know how like sometimes uh, when parents have kids, they don't want to take them to, for instance, like Disney World when they're too young because they won't remember. Mm-hmm. So I feel like my plants aren't at quite at the stage, the quite at the age yet where they where they will remember having their portrait. And I want that because everyone's first portrait. I mean, that's a seminal experience. Yes, it's it's a bit of a milestone. I mean, I remember my first portrait. Mummy and Daddy, they sat me down on the stool. 
and I had to wear this like kind of three piece suit and a little a cute little little boy hat mm-hmm. and I sat there for for three hours uh not wanting to go anywhere else and it, it was it's it changed my life, I think. Yes, yes. And so so I'm really happy to hear you say this, Stefan, because as you know, I'm someone who really believes that plants have memory. And, and not everyone believes this, but I do like that you want to make this memorable for your plants. So I'm here to say that I forgive you. Oh, that's, you know what? That's really why I, because I, I sense there was some tension. You that When you've been answering my texts, there's a lot of like, K, and a period, mm-hmm. and the period really throws me off. Yeah, yes, it's very yeah. pointed that period. So I'm I'm glad we we squash the beef. This podcast is all about squashing those beefs. So that's that's great. Uh, maybe tell me uh, who's the most recent subject you've painted. Oh, I really like that question. I, I I have a joke that I want to say from from just before we move forward. Oh, so you like the question, but not enough to answer it right away. You got to get your little your little laugh season before. <laughs> well, you know, I like to be funny. <laughs> I do know this. Yeah, but um, you were. Oh no, maybe it's not funny. I was going to. Had I not forgiven you, Stefan, I would have pruned you from my life. Wow! <laughs> really? You know what? Maybe unforgive me, just so you can use that that hot material. Hmm. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll save it for the future for when uh, <laughs> when our friendship comes under fire again. <laughs> yeah, I, I will put that in my calendar. So uh, maybe go back to my really good question and uh, talk to me about the last uh, plant subject that you painted. Oh, my goodness. It was a beauty of a sunflower. Mm. It was... At this time of the year. Very strange. Yes, they're not at their full growth. I'd say it was a... Uh, it was a teen, but but still okay. quite tall, towering over maybe the height of an average male. As a as a tall teen myself, I can definitely appreciate what that's like. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I know that you really love to capture the essence of your your subjects. So tell me, how did you how did you capture the sunflowers? Like teen, probably angst. It's a teenager. There's angst. Mm-hmm. Yes. So what what I like to do, you know how. What's it called? Like teenage angst. Yes, exactly that. You're always, I'm thinking evanescence from the early aughts, late 90s. You know, a lot of... Oh, bring me to life. Yes. Like like a lot of choppy waters, a lot of darkness. Mm. So there's not, as much as it's a sunflower, I, it's cast in a lot of shadow. There's not too much light in, in that portrait. Yeah. So that brings up something else about your practice is that you often, you talk about choppy water, uh, you don't paint the plants on the background that it's on when you see it. You add your own kind of like uh, elements to kind of bring out the plant's personality. Exactly. And that's why I choose to paint rather than photograph is because I can add mm. my own perception of the plant to my piece. Yeah. And I know I know that you, you believe strongly that plants are a member of the family and you will often kind of uh, follow around or track the movements of, of other portrait painters who paint humans. And every time they do a family portrait, you'll kind of call them up after the family and be like, did you get the plants? Yeah. And that's how you get a lot of business. Yeah. I actually, that's a point of contention I have with the, um, the, the portrait community at large. Mm. Yes. I'm a little bit of a thorn in their side. Oh, wow. 
Wow, wow, wow. No forgiveness necessary for that one. That was a that was a good one. It just it just came to me. I know that a lot of times like the when you call up these families and you're like, Hey, did you paint the plants? And they're like, No, why would we paint the plants? And you're like, It's part of the family and they're like, Who are you, weirdo? Why are you calling? That a lot of times you'll go to their house and kind of peek through the windows and paint the plants anyway. Yes. Do you know no Stefan, you know my shtick? What I'll actually do is I steal the pieces and in a sort of post-production, I add in the plant. So you you steal the portrait of the family. Yeah. And you add in the plant. Exactly. Wow, you're like a kind of like a wholesome, I guess wholesome is not the right word. You're a more uh, mundane Banksy. <laughs> I I don't I very much appreciate that you are likening me to a world-renowned graffiti artist. Thank you. That is how I perceive myself. Yeah, well, I know that you oftentimes try and like put your art in public places, on the subway, or you'll do stencils of the queen, except it's not the queen. It's just a bunch of plants in the yeah. shape of the queen. Or plants wearing crowns as well. Of course, and those are some of the elements, obviously, that you add to the, yes. to the plant portraits. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, talk, you talked about the portrait community. Yeah. What's the what's the portrait community like here? Oh, very competitive. Uh-huh. Uh, you might not know this, but uh, sitting for paintings isn't so modern. So there's there's not a there's not a high demand. There's not a high demand because it's a it's an antiquated practice. Antiquated, yes. Hmm. So there's little demand. A lot of competition. Yeah. The pay's not good. Yeah, well, I know, well, especially when you steal the portrait and, and add your own plants to it, you're definitely, you're probably not getting paid for that. That is, that is being a social justice warrior. I need families ah. to understand that plants have a place in their family tree as well. Oh, and there it is. Wow, another, that's three jokes so far. <laughs> We've been recording not barely even 10 minutes, and we got three just bangers in there. Wow. A social, you know, if I've learned one thing in my uh, time online, it's that everybody loves social justice warriors. Yeah. So you talk about the competition. Talk to me about the competition in the plant portrait game. Oh, my goodness. Who else is there? It's really a bit of a tangled mess. Are you interested in knowing some of the other big names? That's exactly what I want to know. Oh, um, so there is, um, there's Miss Ivy Green. Appropriate name. Yes. 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 Sometimes I feel that the name kind of picks the profession for a person. Yes. That is true. Herb, Herb Brambles. Very yeah. appropriate. Yeah. And then. Who else is there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is, it's just, I don't really, they're not so important to me, so they don't always register. So I'm having mm. a hard time coming across their names. Of course. It's hard to think of the competition when we spend so much time putting them out of our minds. Yes. Yes. That's not what I like focusing on. Talk, talk to me about Ivy Green, because I know uh, Ivy Green is someone you had a very close friendship with for quite some time. Yes. Yes. And what, hap what happened there? Do you, do you know, like, there is this relationship between... Andy Warhol and Edie Sedwick, like she was a bit of a muse to him. Yes, I'm, I've seen the the movie Factory Girl, so I know I know all about that. Yes, yes, I trust. Yes, you're very into pop culture. I trust that you know. But <laughs> that's the type of relationship I have with Ivy Green. It's we we as much as we're competitors, we inspire each other. I mean, some of my best work is through her influence, and vice versa. 
Interesting. So she finds good plants that you use, or you're inspired by what she looks like, or her personality. What are we? What are we talking here? She is quite plant-like in her movements. Her arms are very willowy, okay. but it's more that she has a keen eye. Mm. She has a keen okay. eye. Will a lot of the times will kind of saunter and meander through a lush green garden, and she'll pick out what to paint next. But I, but I understand now there's some, because the competition is so fierce, there's some tension. So it must be a little tense walking through those gardens together. You know, there's some sabotage there, Stefan. Sabotage? Sabotage! <laughs> sabotage! <laughs> there are saboteurs in our midst! Oh my goodness. Some people will go and chop down those plants. Yeah, a just... Crime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's that makes me sad because you know I love a walk through a garden and if I see a bunch of stumps in that garden, it's not. It just puts me in a bad mood, you know. Exactly. Yes. Although now, now I feel like we're also saying there's no beauty in a stump. I, I'm, I feel for the stump. Of course, beauty can be found anywhere. We all know this. Art flows through the artist. The artist doesn't create the the work. Yeah. Uh, other cliches. Yes. Um. So why don't you uh, take a look at that uh, strict schedule and tell me what the next, uh, what's your next portrait? Oh my goodness. Um, I am going to actually, this is interesting. I hope so. Twins. It will be twins. Twins? Yeah. A pair so of twin su- plants. Twin plants. You say a pair of succulents? A pair of succulents. Oh, wow. And so is this one a, uh, a legally commissioned portrait or something you're going to steal off a wall? Wait, I have another joke. Oh, okay. Before answering that good question, please. <laughs> yeah, that, that please was such a good joke. question. But before we blow by my opportunity for a joke, I just wanted to say, Stefan, I know that you're a sucker for succulents. Oh, and there it is. The fourth joke in just 15 minutes. That is how many jokes per minute? That's almost At least every four one. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> almost every four minutes with a bonus free minute that is joke free. <laughs> Oh, you know what? Uh, Herb, it's always great to talk to you. I don't know if you've ever considered starting comedy, Mm. but I think there's a place. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you for that. I appreciate that encouragement. Uh, You know what? Stick around for the rest of the show. I'm sure you'll find a place to squeeze in a couple more. Uh, Can I make a joke? (laughs) Squeeze in like a a lemon, something with lemons, squeezing lemons, a joke about a lemon tree. Yeah. I don't know. There's a reason you're the you're the master of these <laughs> jokes. I um, uh, earlier today, uh, my girlfriend said something to me, and in my head I was trying to think of a joke, but I couldn't think of one. And while I was doing it, I made a face and then just nodded. And she was like, "What was that face?" And I was like, "I guess I have a face I make when I'm trying to think of a joke." Oh yeah. Uh, and it just looks like I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, I see that face now. Yes. Yeah, when I was trying to talk about the squeezing lemo- lemons, I was I was I was dry heaving a little bit with the pressure. Mm. It, was, mm. it was too much. Herb, thanks for being on the show. Hopefully, I'll see you soon. Yes. Uh, stick around, and I want to hear a, at least one more joke before we're before we're through here. Okay. Good to talk to you. Uh, let's bring out my next friend. Uh, this is a guy. You know, I like him. What's more to say? Please welcome to the show, Henry Whistler. Henry, welcome to the show. Hi, Stefan. Thanks. How's it, how are you today, Henry? Uh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How about yourself? Oh, yeah, well, I just talked to my buddy Herb. I always mm-hmm. am in a better mood after that. And, you know, I'm talking to you. Puts me yeah. in a good mood, too. Hey, it's always great hearing from you. Yeah. Tell me about what you, what have you been up to? 
Well, lots been uh, lots been going on. Uh, you know, now I'm actually Doctor Henry Whistler. Oh, congratulations! Yeah, I didn't, thank uh, you. you. Didn't you didn't send anything out? I uh, know yeah, it's just been a whirlwind, you know. So yeah, proud to announce Doctor Henry Henry Whistler, licensed psychiatrist. A psychiatrist, of course. I Reiki remember. Practitioner. Last... A what practitioner? Reiki practitioner. Oh, the, the the firm science of hovering your hands over another's body. That's it. And uh, author of the blog, Raking You Over the Coals. Holy shit. Herb, did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, that was a good pun. <laughs> wow. There, oh, Thank this you. is, you know what? This is, this might just become a joke off. Mm. We will, we will find out. But Henry. Congrats. You know, I know you worked really hard to get here. The medical school, the the Reiki school. Oh, there was school. no medical school. No. Oh. Medical school. I was under the impression that you went to medical school to become a psychiatrist. Is that not the case? No, I, uh, I'm i a licensed psychiatrist through the board of Reiki. Ah, okay. So what kind of process do you need to undergo to become a psychiatrist of the board of Reiki? Well, it's actually really involved, Safan. I mean, I, I had a mm. 3,000 hour long course uh, terminating in a, a weekend away uh, where we focused really on the, the key practices of Reiki. <laughs> a weekend away, like a retreat? You could call it that, yes. But you know, I think that sort of language is, uh, <laughs> is submissive. So uh, let's call it something. Yeah, use some more dominant language. Please. There you go. Thank you. As this conversation goes forward, we will try to use only dominant, dominant language. language. Thank you. Thank you, Safan. So uh, I was under the impression that you were a psychiatrist and a Reiki healer, but it sounds like it's more combined than that. Well, you know, if you'd like to come to that conclusion, then by all means, but I'm very proud of my license. Uh, you know, I'm a Reiki practitioner. I'm a Reiki master, uh, truthfully. And, uh, you know, it's been really amazing to help people of all, you know, shapes, sizes, and creeds. Yeah. Well, okay. So maybe maybe I need to understand a little bit of your process. So I don't know if you want to, we could do a little role play. I could pretend to be a, a patient or a, cl mm -hmm. a client, I guess you would say. And then mm -hmm. you can kind of take me through what you would do. Okay. Sure. Uh, what, what's what's an, ex an example of something someone comes to you with? Well, you know... <sighs> I guess we should start by talking about, you know, what Reiki is, really. Sure, yeah. I think you you mentioned it, you know, it's the art of uh, hover-handing. And uh, while I think, you know, you're quite knowledgeable, I think just for, you know, the people listening, I think it would be... Mm -hmm, yeah. So, you know, Reiki is, uh, it's a Japanese art, actually, and it comes from, uh, it actually refers to the universal kind of life force energy mm. uh that's that's out there so you know it's a force that permeates all things um i am one with this force and it guides me you are one with the force i am one with the force uh, <laughs> okay great you know the the reiki is strong with me it's very strong with me and and sometimes when a person comes to me they have all sorts of illnesses to find you know they might have a bad back they might have uh, an aching shoulder, you know, and anything that really, when they come to me right away, I know, I know, because I can sense a disturbance in this Reiki. A disturbance in the Reiki force. <laughs> That's correct. Yes. Interesting. So, I mean, you, you described there some, some physical ailments. 
That's right. Uh, I'm curious, you were because you were also a psychiatrist who is a, mm. a a doctor of the mind, if you will. Uh, do people also come to you with their uh, their problems of the mind? Well, uh, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because you know my primary practice is really about the Reiki healing. So uh, you know, I put my hands over the patient's body, uh, mm. you know, essentially trying to uh, remove the toxins, the illness, the stress out of their body. You know, I'm essentially mm. like a like a stress vacuum cleaner. A stress vacuum. Okay. Just suck it up. And right. uh, so that's my primary practice. But as you mentioned, as you're alluding to, I do have other services that I provide. And mm. uh, I call it, um, I call it uh, dissection. Uh, and this is oh. where, you know, uh, the, the patient comes to me. And uh, the goal here is to really rid them of negative life memories. Okay. Um, yeah. So we try to talk through them. Uh, and try to uh, dissect these these negative energy memories out of them. Okay, so let's uh, let's do a little role play. I think sure, it's time. Sure thing. Uh, and and maybe I'll come to you with a, a negative life memory, and uh, and you can you can make it go away. Okay. That sound good. Yeah, great. So uh, let me. Uh, what's Oh, here's one. I mean, it references something we were talking about earlier. Mm. Uh, just just after I sat for my first portrait with mummy and daddy. Um, they they said because I I loved sitting for the portrait sitting still for that long as an eight year old boy wearing a full three piece suit it was the highlight of my little life mm. uh, but then afterwards they said why don't why don't you go outside and play and who as a child who wants to do that okay I asked so I went outside to play and the other kids were there and they wanted to like play trucks and and play cops and robbers and jump in mud puddles and that and i was frankly disgusted by the whole thing so eventually they started throwing the trucks and throwing the the toy guns and the toy bags of money at me and the and the toy and the, the mud and i ended up hiding in a in a strange culvert uh where i was found by a, Did you by say a culvert? mangy a culvert what culvert it's a concrete uh, tunnel where oh, that drains oh. Culvert. Covert cult? It's a covert cult? Is that is that what a culvert is? <laughs> no, I no, it's it's just a, I mean I wish that I'd been found by a cult, but uh, no, it's just a concrete tunnel that drains water. Long story short, I was found by a mangy dog who picked me up by the scruff of my neck and uh, dropped me amongst her puppies <laughs> and I lived that way for a week. Wait, are you Mowgli from the jungle book? <laughs> I would never assume to be someone named Mowgli from the Jungle Book. Uh, there are definitely parts of my life that have strange similarities to his. The uh, The dog was actually later found out to be named Bagheera. Interesting. Yes. But, uh, uh, so that's, you know, it's such a small memory. I don't oh. know if there's much you can do there. Yes. Well, you know, I would say uh, to that, I would say, and how does that make you feel? Uh, well, oftentimes I wake up in the night barking and uh, covered in hair from somewhere, mm. dog hair. Okay. Well, uh, our time is up. Uh, but we'll uh, the next session. Oh, okay. Wow. That's tough. I really thought I was going to have a breakthrough there, but I guess I guess not. Well, you know, we'll, we'll pick this up next, uh, next week, and uh, who knows? Maybe we'll be successful with our dissection. Yeah.
Hey, let me ask you something else, kind of, kind of out of left field. Uh, can you, uh, can you like? And I don't know why this popped into my head. Could you? Is it possible for you to choke somebody from across the room? Uh, you know what? Uh, I haven't tried, but okay. I've heard of? I've heard of some Reiki masters that tend to, uh, let's say, they walk a dangerous line. They, mm. they try. They they kind of play around on the dark side of the Reiki force. Oh, interesting. And, uh, okay. I've heard stories about what they're saying uh, there, but, you know, I haven't tried myself. I haven't tried mm. myself. Well, because I've, I've obviously I've, I've looked for other Reiki healers online. Yes. Uh, some, you're not always available, and no, I, I need, to get that, need to get that Reiki in. Uh, so I think I've seen some of they they kind of wear dark robes in a lot of their f- photos online. Correct. Yes. Uh, whereas robes. you are wearing a, a lighter palette, kind of like a desert garb, I would call it. A lot it. of beige and brown. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Um, maybe talk about a little bit, uh, because this is something that's changed since the last time I saw you. Talk about how you're missing a hand. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a great uh, topic of uh, discussion, Stefan. I, let's just say that I got an extremely difficult patient. Oh, okay. Um, you know, there was a huge disturbance in their Reiki force. <laughs> and, and, and also, let me just say one thing, you know, Stefan, is uh, there's something broken with, you know, our medical system. Uh, mm. You know, when people like this young, this young uh, man who came to see me, you know, they've been through so many doctors there who are just trying to push and prod and poke at them. And they're, you know, they're just all about treating the symptoms. They're not about treating the individual. And, you know, they go, they say, here's a pill, medicate yourself. Uh, Let's do surgery. And, you know, Mm. really how you want uh, to be treated, you know, you just can't let somebody, some doctor, you know, uh, just a dude with a PhD cut into you. You just can't let them do that. You, you definitely do not want a someone with a PhD performing surgery on you. That's right. You don't, you don't want a doctor doing that to you. So that's no. why this person, when this person came to see me, I was really thrilled and I was really happy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the I had just underestimated the size of the problem. Mm. Uh, you know, they, they had a really rough breakup. And, right. Uh, you know, the size of that energy blockage within their Reiki was just something that I realized that I needed to call my apprentice to help me with. And mm. pride uh, kept me from doing that, right? So it was really a, a job for a master and an apprentice. And I went alone and I paid the consequences, Stefan. I lost my hand. <sighs> That's so sad. I mean, I don't know how you do it anymore. It's the art of hovering hands. And yet you only have one hand. That's right. Well, I've... Wow. I've had to make some adjustments, but, uh, you know, uh, but I'm moving forward, you know, Stefan, I'm opening up a new service. Uh, it's Reiki for plants. I think it's going to, what? pardon me. I just, I exclaimed in surprise because (laughs) Herb is right here. A a portrait artist of plants. Tell us about this plant Reiki service. Well, you know, I'm just, uh, it just turns out that there's a huge market for this. You know, people come to me and they're really happy with the service and they go, Hey, can you do this for my, my, uh, you know, pet uh, ficus. 
And I go, and mm. I say, yes, I can focus on your ficus. I really appreciate that you offer healthcare for plants. I, I have you. been advocating for this. As a member of the family, plants should have access to healthcare services. I agree. And you know what? Reiki practitioners are the only ones that are open to this right now and serving that need. So, you know, go ahead, Stefan. Sorry. I was just going to say one thing I've learned in being a, a client and friend of Dr. Whistler's for all these years is that uh, he is not covered by insurance. Mm-hmm. Well, I am hoping that, you know, the that society will catch up to advanced medicine one day. But mm. uh, I find that my services are very uh, fairly priced. And, you know, we always work with every individual to make sure that they can receive affordable service, affordable care. Wow. That's, I mean, you have a great story. Good luck. It's, I know that it's not always easy to battle against the, the dark Reiki side of the Reiki force, hmm. but uh, clearly you're persevering and you're, you're keeping it, uh, keeping it a hundred out there. Thank you. Thank you. I, I'm really trying hard and I hope to become a Reiki warlock in the next coming days and weeks. <laughs> Reiki warlock uh, in the next coming days. Yes, that's right. Oh, wow. 3,000 hours of class, one weekend retreat, and then in a couple days, you become a warlock. Don't forget the experience that led to me losing my hand. It's Yeah, no, that's that's a dark experience as well. Uh, what what happened to that apprentice? My apprentice? Yeah. He's, let's just say he's dabbling in the dark side of the Reiki force. Oh. It's, you know what? You hate to see the good ones go. You hate to see them go. You hate to see them go. But I will, I'm uh, hiring, I'm, you know, I'm looking for another apprentice. I'm hiring, you know, there must always be two. So uh, if anyone there, uh, there must always be two. out there wants to be a Reiki apprentice, you know, send your resume through to Stefan and he'll forward it to me. I need to supplement my income. There's not high demand in my field. I mean, if you have an application, I'm down. Well, uh, yeah, just uh, send your information to me. I am uh, Ms. Dr. Whistler's assistant. And I handle all his correspondence uh, because I, I obviously cannot pay for his services, so I do trade. Thank you, Stefan. So thank you for being on the show, Whistler. Whistler. <laughs> like we're old sports buddies. Hey, Whistler. Thanks for being on the show. Uh, and uh, stick around because right now we have another friend on the show. Another, what a surprise, good friend of mine. Please welcome to the show Midge Morbis. Midge. Hey, Stefan, it's so good to be here. Oh, th- thank you for, I didn't want to correct you, but we have to correct people about the spelling of our, or the pronunciation of our names now. I'm sorry, I'm going to blame my Australianism. That is okay. Uh, Midge, how are you? Oh, I am so good. I mean, as you know, this is a really special time of the year for me. Well, I do know that you're a scientist, so why is this special time of the year so scientifically important? Well, as you know, um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a very like a specific kind of scientist that um, in a department that people don't know about. I'm actually an anthropologist sociologist of mosquitoes. So you, you study the impact of mosquitoes on human populations? Yeah, I mean, yeah, but no, specifically, I actually study um, the culture and social structure of mosquitoes. Right. I've got, I remember because I, I read your thesis. Yeah, you were one of the very few people that did. I, you did a great editing job. Well, I mean, I found zero typos, so kudos on that. Thanks. So what's, what's happening now in mosquito world? 
Well, I mean, it's just, it's this peak time of the year. There are so so many mosquitoes out. Um, I mean, I haven't been spending much time in the lab, actually. I've been working with some colonies on the South Shore. Okay. Um, And yeah, I'm working with a really, I mean, I don't know how much you know about mosquitoes. You probably know more than most because you read my thesis. I do know. uh, It was a while ago, your thesis. So you can refresh my memory if you wish. Uh, um, but what's really interesting is that this um, colony on the South Shore, I found that actually there's like not all of the female mosquitoes are sanguinarian. Um, there's actually a few vegetarian mosquitoes that I'm working with. Interesting. Sanguinarian meaning they eat blood exclusively. Well, interest. Yes. But I mean, as you as I don't know whether the listeners know this, but um, actually we know that it's only the female mosquitoes that eat our of blood, course. so they're the ones that are pesky. Um, but actually, they don't eat it for their own um, their own nourishment. They they like the males also really enjoy water and nectar, and they only have to eat our blood when they're ovulating. So it's kind of like an exo period, I suppose. Exo period. That's that's very interesting. So nectar and fruit, and then. I mean, this, we have to talk about it. Hot button issue. Is it true? Confirm or deny that after they mate, the female eats the male? It's not true. What? If it was true. Are you kidding me? (laughs) If it was true, I feel like we wouldn't have like this perceived mosquito problem. Oh my God. No wonder I always lose at bar trivia. (laughs) This question, it gets me every time. Oh my goodness. Why do I believe this? Um, you should have paid more attention to my thesis. I get, uh, you know, it's, it was long. It was 700 pages. I know, I know. But I really, there was a lot of mapping out to be done because like, there just aren't any other, like, anthropologists, sociologists working on mosquito culture. Yeah, so why don't you tell me a little bit about the culture of mosquitoes? What, uh, what are we talking here when we talk their culture? Well, I mean, I just... I'm really interested. There's a, a lot that is similar to, I guess, our society. And the reason okay. that I got interested in mosquitoes is because I had this terrible like camping experience when I was a kid. And I mean, oh my God, I just got so covered in bugs. And mm. I mean, everyone hates mosquitoes and everyone wants to kill them. And honestly, I really felt like that because they mm. were so annoying and I was in so much pain. And then I thought, you know what? Everyone hates mosquitoes and they think that they're pointless. If I can figure out like how we can have a better relationship with mosquitoes, I feel like world peace would be possible. So you're trying to bridge bridge the gap. Yeah, totally. To try Find and understand them better. Exactly. Yeah. That's powerful. Powerful stuff. And have you made progress? Yeah, well, like I said, I've been working with these um, vegetarian mm. um, mosquitoes because I just want to try and see whether or not there's a way that um, female mosquitoes can not have to eat our blood um, in order to still, you know, I want them to have reproductive liberty. I want them to still be able to decide whether or not they want to ovulate or not rather than just to have to, you know, mm-hmm. forego that option if they go vegetarian. Um, So, yeah, trying to teach, like, have discussions and teach mosquitoes is really, really difficult. It's Mm. hard to get them all to pay attention. Well, so actually how we met, if if I can talk about it. Oh, of course. uh, Which I don't know why I wouldn't be able to because it was a public event. Uh, You (laughs) you organized these meetups that are kind of like uh, mosquito-human bonding sessions where, where we can just chat and get to know each other. Yeah. So talk about how that came to be. Yeah, well, I mean, I was just... I just felt like I was the only one who was paying all this attention to mosquitoes and trying to understand Mm. them more. And I thought, look, 
yes, I think that there is a lot of, um, there's a lot that can be learned on both sides of this species barrier. Of course, there's good people on both sides. There, mm, yes, yes. <laughs> um, and I thought that maybe one of the things to do is like to get people together, talk about their experiences with mosquitoes, mm. um, also talk about, you know, what their perspectives are on like bug repellent. I think bug repellent is really ubiquitous. And mm. when you really think about it, it's like, it's a very closed-minded perspective. Yeah, you are fa- you're famously anti-bug repellent. Yeah, bugger off, bug off. That's what I say. I, that's, that's the slogan you put on your protest signs. Exactly. And something I know that, you, that you've done, you're kind of a, like a radical protester of, of you, bug repellent. Um, you've gone to companies that manufacture bug repellent like Johnson & Johnson or uh, Procter & Gamble, and you spray bug spray into the eyes of the executives and, and tell them, how do you like that? Exactly, because there's no other way that they could. I mean, really, they need to feel what it's like to be the subject of that bug spray. Yeah, and does it work? Um, well, I mean, it, it does. It takes a little bit of time because obviously their reaction is to leave my presence immediately. Right. But that's that's really that's the point that I'm trying to make. You see, because mm. I'm trying I'm trying to say like once once you've left my presence and we're not going to have a discussion anymore. There's really there's no possibility of a better relationship. So I let them cool off for a little time, and then I like contact them and I say like, has your life been improved by you know not having conversations with people with me specifically? And was it? Um. Yeah, look, I think I need to find a different audience. Ah, well, hey, sometimes the artist needs to know their audience. Yeah. If I've learned one thing from a long career in the arts, I think that's it. I feel like they're just just too invested in this kind of orthodox view and they've got money involved. I think I just, I can't really start with a company whose entire existence basically depends on this continued view that we have about mosquitoes. Mm. Um, So I think I just need to start with like, children um and you know people your listeners for example right yeah i mean this is a huge platform to for you to get your message out so i hope i hope you're listening out there public yeah i i really hope you're listening i mean i i just think that there is so many there there is this potential for us to have um a a really different relationship with mosquitoes and also to understand more about ourselves i just don't think it's healthy for ourselves to be treating another species as if its entire existence is an annoyance. I mean, that's not good for our self-esteem. Hey, you know what? I've uh, I've never been a little brother, but I feel like it would feel very similar. Yeah, exactly. My, my little brother has accused me of treating him um, kind of like a bug. So, you know. Mm. Yeah, and maybe, you know, it's our early experiences that shape our later life. So maybe that has something to do with your career. Oh, I'm absolutely sure that that and... You know, I didn't have a very happy school life, so I'm sure that I really always identified with the the outcast mosquitoes. You didn't? You have traumatic memories? Oh, completely. Henry, are you listening to this? I am. I am listening intently, and in fact... Well, maybe maybe, uh, Midge can go into her traumatic memory, (laughs) and uh, you can see what you can do. Let's do it. I'd be happy. Midge, are you okay with that, Midge? Oh, I, I just... It's been such a long time, but... Yeah, I mean, I would, I'll, I'll give anything a try. Okay, let's let's do it. What's tell us about that traumatic memory on this public forum? Well, I mean, so I was. Oh, this is this is hard. I I was twelve years old. 
um, that the first time it happened, I was 12 years old oh and I, I remember coming out of the, the, my form classroom and I was carrying my lunchbox and I, I went, approached this group of, group of people who were sitting in a circle and I thought that they were my friends. Mm. And then as I got closer to them, they just like started swatting their arms and then they all stood up together at the same time and they ran in the opposite direction. Oh my goodness. And I just, I, 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 I just didn't really, I just stood there. Um, I mean, I really wanted to chase them, but I just felt like that was only going to make them run faster. Mm. And, and so I just sat down and ate lunch by myself and, uh, it was, it was pretty much a regular occurrence after that. Wow. Henry. Well, you know, what does your inner child think about all of that? My inner child. You mean like before I really started to have empathy for other people? That's right. <laughs> what is what is your younger, almost psychopathic version of you think about all of this? I was full of hatred and confusion. Hmm. I just thought that they were monsters. Okay. And you know, you know that this isn't your fault. Right. Really? That's right. Oh my god. It happens to the best of us, you know. It didn't happen to anyone else. That may be. But you know, you can't blame yourself for that. So and also, you know, I would also say that your parents did their best. Oh my god. How do you do you know do you know my parents? Like, did you know my father before he died? Tell me about your father. No, you I mean, I was so young. And it looks like we're out of time. So we'll just have to do this for next week. Oh, wow. That gave me chills. Yeah. Chills. Midge, how do you feel to have your psyche ripped apart and almost pieced back together like that? I just, it had never occurred to me that it wasn't my fault. Hmm. Yeah. That's common. It's not your fault. Could I, I had a quick question. Yeah. Uh, in the vein of uh, of your... Oh, mosquito joke! Oh! <laughs> I was wondering, Midge. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm considering an interspecies relationship. Oh. And I'm just wondering if you have any thoughts or, you know, guidelines for how I could proceed. I mean, I think... Um... Ask lots of questions, um, but first you're going to need, like communication is a really, really mm. big issue, obviously. Like, I, I mean, I've spent the last... I've been trying to communicate run. with Morse code, but doesn't seem to um, work. Is it improper of me to ask um, which species you are considering dating? Oh, my. I, uh, how rude of me. I don't even know what, what the specific species is. I just thought... It was a mosquito. I'm, I'm oh, oh, okay. Sorry. I, w- I thought this was a, g- a general. You're right. There are three and a half thousand different kinds of mosquitoes. So um, it, it, it absolutely okay. I mean, this is a really big issue though. I mean, we, we just, we treat them all like they're the same and they're not. Um, so I think a first, a first step is probably to find out exactly what kind of mosquito you, um, you have your eye on. Well, you've written, you've written a test, right, Midge? You have like an online BuzzFeed quiz about which mosquito is right for you to date? Oh. Wait, was that another mosquito joke? An online BuzzFeed. 
Hey, Herb, you call him like you see him, and that's what I like about you. That That's great. Uh, but yeah, I mean... Henry, I would say that wing... I mean, Morse code is a very sensible starting point, but I would also say that wing is a very important method of communication. Okay. I don't have wings, though. No, but you, but, but you can emulate wings with your arms. Got it. Oh yes. Well, don't don't forget he's missing one hand. Does that uh, impact? It, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. The the hand is less important. It's the it's the um it's the expression of emotion through your wings, which is um the most effective means of communication. I will try that out. Mid, you wrote the quiz on the subject. So if if knowing what you know about Henry now, uh, what kind of what species of mosquito do you see him with? Um, I would say probably um. I would probably say actually similar to the colony that I'm working with because then you also have a, you know, I don't know whether or not you're vegetarian or not, um, Henry, but it's a very diverse group of um, mosquitoes. Um, it's the sativa um, paralysis. Sativa paralysis. Did you say sativa paralysis? Yes. It sounds bad, but it sounds bad, but actually they're, um, they're That's a lot. That's what happens to me when I have too many edibles. <laughs> yeah, so you wouldn't you, you wouldn't recommend like a like an indica species more uh, you think you think Henry is more of a sativa species guy? Absolutely. Oh, Henry, that's really good to know, I think. Henry Mitch could be your mosquito hookup. It, you wouldn't be it, it, this wouldn't be my first experience. Oh, matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a midge. You know, I'm really not into hookups anymore just because I always end up with malaria after them. So I'm really looking for a long-term thing right now. I mean, maybe maybe you could come with me. Um, I'm going down for another field expedition next week and you could just come and just, you know, be in the space and um, just see what happens. Yeah, I'd like that. Wow. You know, I think oh, that's that's a lot of work we've done today. We've We've almost fixed some traumas we've found new dating options midge i have i have one more question for you before we take a short break um you know mosquito culture it's what you study it's what you it's what you practice it's what you preach do they uh are they on tiktok um only recently only um, actually recently. hilarious there's some really amazing coordinated um like kind of synchronized swarming it's mm. it's fantastic like the mosquito equivalent of a dance challenge. Exactly. Yeah, they're oh, wow. really impressive. Hey, you know, shoot me an email of some of uh, some of the best TikToks to follow for mosquitoes. I will absolutely. Uh, Midge, thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Instagram. Th- thanks also to Henry. Thanks to Herb. Thank you all for being here. Thank you, Stefan. Hey, anytime. We're gonna take a short break, and we'll be right back right after that. Oh man, that the the turn where Jiva, you were like a a Jedi, <laughs> <laughs> was real great. Times, good times. Have any of you ever had uh, like a Reiki session? No, no, uh, no, no. But I've heard about it. Yeah, I've I've been to someone else having one. <laughs> Wait, you watched? Yeah. What was it like? I mean, it was difficult. Like, I mean, it. I guess it's. I guess you have to experience it, right? Yeah. Like it's not really a spectator sport. Hmm. Was it relaxing to watch? Was it like an ASMR thing, or? Uh, it was definitely relaxing to watch. Yeah. Okay. And why was your friend having Reiki healing? 
You know, I actually Also, you don't, don't have to say in case they will listen to no, this. No, no, I, I honestly don't remember. Like, I just remember being in the space. This was probably like 15, maybe more than 15 years ago. Isn't there something controversial about the legitimacy of Reiki and whether it's effective or not? Isn't that up for debate? Oh, people are going to fucking tear you apart on Twitter, Benny. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anything about Reiki, actually. Who are you asking? Are you asking me or Henry? Well, Henry's, Henry's gone. This is. <laughs> We're asking Jiva. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's uh, it's complete BS, isn't it? <laughs> oh, we're all gonna get destroyed on Twitter. Oh my goodness! Uh, I'm gonna delete my account. Yeah, there's a. Uh, I watched a movie once called Touchy Feely, that uh, was really good, uh, really funny, and it uh, the star uh, Rosemary DeWitt played a Reiki healer. And, uh, I really enjoy. It. I think it was directed by Lynn Shelton, uh, R.I.P., who's a great director. Uh, and if I'm wrong, then uh, I'm sorry. But watch all of her movies because they're great. Sorry to take that on a downer. <laughs> no equivalent movie for cupping, is there? Uh, sure. Not that I can think of off the top. <laughs> a... Not that I can think of. Space um, fun. Benny, have you ever painted a portrait of anyone? I have not. <laughs> no, no. I've have you ever done one of those before. like uh like one of those paint nights like the wine and paint night <sighs> type thing no i have when i was in my graduating year of high school i needed to complete a personal project okay and then for that i created pieces that emulated picasso's cubism so oh. i do have a series of canvases that are still hanging in my mother's apartment so i've painted uh but not portraits so the fact that there's still a hanging either means that you were very good or that your mother is very sentimental. My mother loves me that much. Okay, because I, I did a lot of paintings in high school too, and I don't think any of them are hanging in any of my relatives' houses. Uh, but I did do, I actually did do a recreation of Picasso's Guernica in art class. In wow. Wow. Yeah, it was for my uh, social critique section and it was about the 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 civil unrest in paris at the time which is similar to the civil unrest depicted in guernica the original Mm -hmm. oh that's cool hanging in the un um amy i know you uh you researched your role as midge intensely are there any (laughs) are there any facts you learned that you really wanted to get out but you you couldn't um well i guess i just didn't I mean, I know, I think I, I probably squeezed most of them in there. Okay. Um, yeah, I did actually have, like, I, I am currently covered in, like, an epic amount of mosquito bites, okay. um, which is largely what prompted this. <laughs> um, camping or? I was, camp- I was camping. Okay. And um, I have hundreds and hundreds of bites. Oh, my goodness. Um, and, yeah, so I, I it was partly, like, um, just because it's there, I sort of, they are, at, like, a hated species but also mm. because i want to understand um and yeah i just never realized that uh even though i knew it was the women and i knew that we react to their like anticoagulum and they bite us i didn't realize that actually they only need to eat us when they're ovulating um <clears throat> so that was kind of interesting uh, yeah. and i also feel like it's a bit like there's just so many things that track on to like other things that we're dealing with Mm. Uh, society about like you know why has our response been okay so there's more fun in the repellent but also the fact that we just like release infertile males 
into the wild and just like right. otherwise let them just go for broke. Um, and the ones that we're kind of like intent on killing are all the female mosquitoes, which kind of bums me out as a feminist. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why does it have to be so unbalanced? Yeah. So, uh, no, I think they're kind of fa- they're fascinating creatures. Um, and it also makes me hate my mosquito bites just a little bit less. So thanks. Oh, well, that's, that's good. Did you have fun camping at least? I did. It was my first Canadian camping experience. Oh, nice. I'm, I'm going next week and it's supposed to rain the whole time. So oh, no. I'm very excited about that. Uh, it's going to be great. Well, uh, I know it's kind of a, uh, a downtime for society as a whole, but we're going to do, uh, do some plugs anyway, just in case anyone wants to talk about something they do or something they have on cup- upcoming or a good book you've read or a movie you've seen or whatever. So uh, maybe starting with Jiva, you got, you have anything? you want to talk about yeah uh you know visit my blog raking you over the coals <laughs> oh henry henry's back i mean uh, no i have i have nothing <laughs> all right that joke that joke was good enough to use twice and now it has to be retired forever uh amy do you have anything you want to talk about um there are a couple of things actually um right, yeah. i mean they're they're very they're very novice um but I, um, the freestanding room is going to be airing um, one, a, a short version of an online clowning show that I did with Comedy Clownesque, um, oh, cool. which um, the Opportunity Theatre originally aired. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's like coming up this weekend. And actually later on this evening, um, I've been doing some video, video editing, working with Inclusion Winnipeg um, okay. to put together an adapted version of... Uh, an a an old classic, but it's called Sir Gawain um, and the Green Knight, um, and that is going to be airing on um, Inclusion Winnipeg's Facebook page later tonight. So probably irrelevant for listeners, but maybe relevant for you guys. What wait? What is what is that? Um, it's a um, an organisation that works with people with intellectual disabilities. Um, and they've um, Sue Proctor, who uh, I also do clowning with, has worked to like worked with these um, students over the last few weeks and put together a um, dramatized version over zoom which is a real challenge uh, zoom is not a platform that's meant for filming um, <laughs> drama theater the- theatrical productions no zoom is the worst um, yeah but it's um it's a pretty it's a pretty endearing um, little version of um, like King Arthur um, and that's tonight. That's tonight. Um, it may still be. It'll probably be around on the on their Facebook page after the event. So inclusion in Winnipeg. Because both of those plugs, I think, will occur before this episode comes out. So hopefully, both of them are still on the internet uh, in about a week's time. Yeah. So sorry for the like bad timely um, plug, but anyways. no, it's my fault for not getting <laughs> you on the podcast one week sooner. If if you were here last week, this would have been perfect. <laughs> If I invent a time machine, that's what will happen. Uh, who's left? It's Benny. Benny, anything to talk about? Nothing to plug. I don't have personal stakes in anything at the moment. Oh, keeping it light. Yes. I have been um, following an online book club that, Ooh. Um, that talks about like the gay rights movement from the 1960s, and it's a lot of queer culture literature. Great. Yes, but I don't know if I want to plug that because I don't think anything should take attention away from the Black Lives Matter movement. I think that's the main platform at the moment and where the microphone should be. So That is a good point. Uh, I will renege on my plug. <laughs> I mean, you could tell us what book you read for it. 
Oh, yes, actually, no, this is very relevant because the book I read for it is by James Baldwin, who either explores gay <laughs> or black themes. So then I encourage oh. going to read James Baldwin because he's a spectacular writer. Great. Hey, that's a great plug. Yeah. I think you, you hit all the notes. If that was a piano, we would hear every single note at once. Uh, awesome. Well, I had a super, super good time with all of you. And uh, thank you, Benny, Amy, and Jiva for being on the show. And uh, thanks, for, awesome. thanks for having yeah. us. Great fun. Oh, hey, no problem. My pleasure. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. And uh, I'll see you next week on Some Good Friends. Bye. Bye. Those were friends, good friends of mine. I talked to them.